get ready. Welcome to the Jim Metal Fans Podcast, where we talk about metal and non-metal and things about life and things that don't matter, so get used to it. We're gonna talk Welcome back, everybody, to the Two Metal Fans Podcast. This is your host, Logan, and with me today, across the table, is my forever co-host. You're still not introducing me. Never. Okay, well, I'm gonna try. I'm gonna try, you know. Yeah, actually, you... You introduce us. Welcome back, everybody, to the Jordan Podcast with my unfortunate guest, uh, what's your name? Logson? <laughs> yeah. On today's episode, we're going to be talking about uh, suitcases, um, you know, what to buy, what not to buy, what kind of wheels do you need, got to watch out for those lithium-ion batteries, TSA, if you're in the States, does not like that, probably other places in the world, they don't like them, They're not. it's not going to fly. With them, if you got what I, you got what I'm getting there. Explosions. Um. So yeah, subscribe to the Jordan podcast. Coming at you never. <laughs> Dude, that was brilliant. Yeah. I'm. You can introduce us every time from now on. It's too much pressure, man. Ah, well. At, at any rate, if you didn't know, my name is Jordan. And again, my name is Logan, also known as Logan. So, thanks for. I I almost forgot for a second. Yeah. Okay. Just <laughs> just had to remind you. For those that are new here, this is a podcast, as you probably know. Mm, Sometimes. It's it's a loose term around very these parts. Loose, very loose terminology here because we don't do much. We just sit and talk. Yeah. Hang out, talk, usually about music, typically about metal music, metalcore, progressive metal, in that realm of the world. We also love to talk about video games and each other. and Sometimes some other stuff. Yeah, sprinkles. Sprinkles here and there. And if you've listened to us before, you would know that Jordan and I have a what we call an album review schedule. It's a really weird name. We should probably give it a legit name. Basically, every month we set up a new schedule to listen to six albums. Wait, yeah, six albums over that month. Each about five days long. You want to listen to the album from front to back. And it has to be front to back, no shuffle. And then we give our thoughts on it. We'd say if we dislike it, if we think it's meh, if we like it, if we love it. We give our favorite song, our least favorite song, and a nice little excerpt of what we think, and then a rating from 0 to 10. We've been doing this for, what, over two years Over now? two years. Holy crap, that's a long time. It's a long time. And it's so much fun. Yeah, we found some great bands. We have found some incredible bands, including Their Dogs Were Astronauts. What's what's one? That was mine. What, what's one from you that you think you found? You're putting me on the spot. Yes, I am. Ghost. Okay, that's fair. From the Before Christ era in the States? Because, yeah. you know, the name problem. <laughs> exactly. So today, we are Oh, going I got a better one. What? White Chapel. White Chapel. Ooh. Pretty thematic, huh? A little bit. Yeah. That's foreshadowing. Yeah, I mean, if, if people can read, they might they might get that right there. Hmm. We'll go back to that. Okay. Today, we are going to give a little recap of two albums that we've listened to recently because we finished those up since the last podcast. The first one being the album Phanerozoic 1. Paleozoic, and I might have just butchered that, by the band The Ocean, 
who are the ocean? Who am I? What is life? The ocean, I believe, oh, I might get this wrong, but I'm pretty sure is a German progressive metal band that have been around for quite some time. Jordan, do you have anything to say about that? Not really. I don't really know much about them, to be honest. No? I just found them on Spotify Discover, man. All right. Well, their album, Banerozoic 1, Paleozoic, crazy name, I know, came out in 2018, and we recently listened to it, and let me tell you, I like it. Wow. I actually like it a lot. Really? I only put like, but I do like it a lot. Um, For me, it is... I don't know what the word is. It's not perfect, but it's like, this is what I think of when I think of like prog. Not necessarily prog metal, but just progressive in general. This is an album that doesn't have a ton of songs, but each song is very long. And then for me, you have to listen to it, the album front to back. And that's the only way to listen to it because it's a journey. From the start to the finish, it's this progressive metal journey, and I don't even know the themes of the album or what they necessarily talk about. I literally just threw in all the music here. Um, I felt a lot of sludge and groove vibes that just slowly guide you song to song. Uh, I would never split it up and listen to like one song or shuffle it or anything like that because it just doesn't do it justice. It's like you have to listen to it as a whole. That's where you're gonna get the feelings. It's quality quality album and I, I recommend it I rated it 7.8 out of 10 what about you my friend I rated it a little higher gave it an 8.25 Ooh. Yeah. which makes sense because you're the prog guy and I'm the lame guy so yeah I, I, you know I like numbers so I had to put an extra one behind mine um, so I give this like but in all caps which is kind of like my homemade in between like and love rating because for the new ones we do a dislike a like and a love sometimes a meh and a, you're right meh sometimes a meh so this is kind of like my in between like and love like i like it more than other albums that i quote unquote like but it's not on par with the ones i love that makes sense um so i think the best song on this album is either cambrian 2 or nascent mm-hmm the names are longer than that. But I'm going to have to agree with Logan. You're not here to listen to those songs. You're here to listen to the album. Um, I remember reading online that these guys are trying to, like, fill in the, like, the, excuse me, like, the Phanerozoic or whatever, the Paleozoic. These are all eras in Earth. Like, you know, different animals and rocks and trees. and So, like, eras in time that yeah, Earth has gone through? You know, like, okay. the Jurassic or whatever. Yeah. Like, so, I... I just did a quick Google and I couldn't find it, so I could just be making like dreaming. But I seem to remember that they're trying to like fill up all the ages of Earth, um, and you know you can't skip around ages of Earth just like how you can't skip around in this album. <laughs> Tells the story. Um, so I'm a, I'm a sucker for concept albums, be it in thematically the notes they're playing or in lyrics. I love when there's a callback. If you start an album and they introduce some like theme or riff or idea or something and then later in the album they play it again or maybe it's the same but a little different I think that is just awesome I'm a sucker for that as well um, they did that a lot in this record um, a lot some of it was real subtle some of it was kind of a stretch to say it happened but it it happened throughout um, 
it's a little repetitive at times because I feel like it's um, certain times certain elements will lead like the vocalist or the guitars but all in all this is definitely a more groove oriented album than like a let me play some technical stuff for you definitely yeah. not to say that they don't have that but it's more groove based for sure I mean when I think of progressive metal a lot of times I think of like dream theater and I think technical and I think crazy and stuff like that this band's not like that at all they're still incredible and they have great con conceptual pieces but like you said, very groovy, very ambient, almost not quite this. Yeah, I, I actually wrote, I said this is atmospheric and presentation, but it relies on repetition to get you in the listening zone or the trance-like state. Mm -hmm. Whereas other music, you're just drawn in by the virtuosity. This gets you there a little differently, but it's all there. Um, I feel like I put down an Ascent as the best song because it is the least repetitive out of the bunch and it comes out of nowhere and like half, a little ha over halfway through the album. And it hits you with enough repetition to be like, wow, I was in a trance. And then it brings you back in there to finish the album. Um, if you're a fan of Prague, you got to give this one a listen. If you're a fan of Prague, you're going to like it. I, I have no doubt about that. If you're a fan of metal, I think there's a good chance this is an album that you're not going to hate. Um, it, like, like Jordan said, it is pretty repetitive. So for those that don't like that, it can be pretty boring. Usually I hate repetition. Not, I shouldn't say hate it. They do a really good job of repeating, but also varying their repetitions in different ways to make it interesting. I think it's a very good album to listen in the background, and like super easy to listen to in the background, and you'll still get almost the full effect. As an active listener, definitely try to actively listen one full length through, because it's solid, but I, I recommend it. It's a good album. Thank you for putting that on the review, on the schedule. What about the next one? So this next album is one that actually just came out. We haven't even given it a full five days yet, I don't think. Uh, I mean, I've probably given it more than f five full days in listens. Fair. Like what I would give other albums. I've listened to it probably, we haven't said what it is yet, but I've listened to it probably at least three, I've definitely listened to it three times all the way through, maybe four. I'm a 10. That's a lot for three days. And I've done at least four four listens and nothing else like where I just sit and listen to it freaking nerd oh yeah the album we're talking about is Haken's Virus came Indeed. out this Friday which was supposed to come out two Fridays before that which was supposed to come out two Fridays before that which was supposed to come out a month before that it was supposed to come out June 5th it kept getting pushed back it's finally here and my lord if you haven't listened to it yet you're missing out I don't like most of Haken's work I really don't. Jordan, it's one of his favorite bands. He'll say that too. I love this album. This album came out and from the start, the first three songs had me hooked. Prosthetic, Invasion, Carousel. Just, if those three songs won't get you hooked, I don't know what will. They come in as like epics. Each song is over five minutes. There's a 10 minute song in those three. And for me, I didn't like Haken due to a lot of droning vocals and kind of just like very slow playing like progressive style music. Like when you have progressive music like that, it can be very interesting to listen to for someone that's in tune with instruments and playing music and can hear all that. But for me, who I am not, it would bore me most of the time. This, they changed their sound. They're, it's more metal 
it's a bit more chuggy, a bit more intense, in my opinion, and they do a really good job of it. Um, my favorite song, I'm still not sure. I'm gonna throw a placeholder, Invasion. I think that's an incredible song. That's the second song on the album. Least favorite song, Only Stars. That is an awful album closer. I love album closers. They do a really, usually, when they're good, they're like really good, because they'll end the album on a note that you just feel like, you feel closure from that last song. This song I did not. I won't go too in I won't go too in depth because we will do an in-depth review on this album at a later date. But yeah, for me, I love it. I'm gonna give it a 9.5 out of 10. And Jordan, I wanna hear what you have to say. This is your favorite band, one of them. It's not my favorite. Second favorite? Definitely third favorite. Um, it's tied for a second, I'd say. Okay. Um, okay, so I got a lot to say about this, and I'm gonna reserve most of it for the full in-depth. That's fair. All I'm gonna say, it's good. They changed their sound. It's the guitar, bass, drums, everything is just disgusting. It's so good. They've they've done something to the sound to make it to the next level. But they've lost a little bit of what I think Haken was in the process, which isn't a bad thing. Um, there was just a little mourning of losing the old style of Haken. Um, the quote, so every Haken album has a quote, epic song, mm -hmm. right? Uh, the epic song on here was good, but a little weird. Um, we'll talk about that in the full review. So, like, I'm, I'm just painting the picture that something changed in Haken from their old work to this album. Yeah. We'll explore that more in depth. I'm giving a placeholder, 9.5, subject to change, probably going to go up, not down. Interesting. Favorite song, I'm going to say Carousel, because it embodies most of what I think old Haken is. And that's not just, like, I'll be real. That's not the best song on the album. But it's my favorite song on the album. Interesting, interesting. Because it embodies... It embodies enough of the old with the new. That's probably why I don't and like we, it so We're going to have to stop here. I'm just going to keep going. I know. We're, we're already pretty far into this, and we haven't even gotten to the meat of this episode. What's the meat? I think we foreshadowed it a little bit, didn't we? We did. Whitechapel? No, no, no. Wheat Chapley. <laughs> Wheaté Chapel. <laughs> no. Let me just say, Whitechapel, great band. They've been around forever. Um, they last year put out an album called The Valley. And let me tell you, that album hit me in a way that an album hasn't hit me in a long time. And for the record, neither one of us were really Whitechapel fans. No, we, not at all. You know, we've heard singles and we were like, okay, Whitechapel is pretty good, but maybe not something we're actively listening to. That all changed. Not only because of our album review schedule in which we put this on, mm -hmm. but because so did Whitechapel. It so did Whitechapel. Good point. Let me preface this by saying we do we do episodes where we typically talk about a subject in music, or we typically talk about a band. We're gonna change it up today. We're gonna talk about one album, and that is White Chapel's The Valley. Let me give a little information for you. It came out March 29th, two thousand nineteen. What a birthday present for me! I mean, that was that was fantastic. To me, the genre would be melodic deathcore. 
people could sure. argue that, but to me, I feel like that fits pretty well. It has a runtime of 40 minutes and 32 seconds. And that's a little short on like a full-length album for me. But still a healthy amount. But for this album, it feels longer than that, in my opinion. You're right. The I amount agree. of... Mm, the amount of stuff it's a, dense it's dense there you go good good answer I couldn't think of that yeah it's a dense that's album. interesting if you would have asked me how long do I think the album is I would have gave you like a 57 minute about an hour yeah, yeah. no it's only 40 minutes long in 32 seconds um, it was put out on Metal Blade Records Metal Blade's been killing it too I mean yeah. I mean most of the metal uh, what do you call those record labels have been killing it lately like metal's been crazy they did great I'm going to give you a little chart information. This album debuted, or I shouldn't say debuted, it peaked on the Billboard US chart at 143. Strangely enough, that was their worst out of all of their albums. All, even their first album, this is their worst on that. I wonder why. Maybe it's because people aren't buying music anymore and they're just streaming it. But does, I don't know, does Billboard do streaming on their charts? I don't think... I think they have a streaming section, but I don't think that's factored into the. I don't think one. this one that I yeah. have yet. So one one forty three on the U S. Number five on the U S. Indie, it peaked at. Mm-hmm. Number twenty six on U S. Rock, and number seven on U S. Hard Rock. So really not that great for a band as prominent as right. Whitechapel, and that's a letdown. Um, but today we want to talk to you, and go song by song through the album. Because I personally love this album. I think Jordan loves it. Do you? I, it's pretty good. Right, I love cool. it. You do like it. I know we reviewed it. I don't remember what I wrote about it. I've purposely not gone back to look at it because I don't want to let my old self taint my new self ideas. The new self ideas, yeah. It were, you know. But so here's I don't know how Logan tackled going about this, but here's how I tackled this. Sat down with a keyboard and a mouse. Like a key, like a computer keyboard or like a notes keyboard, an instrument keyboard. Ooh, great question. We're talking the computer kind. Yeah, that makes more sense. I turned on my monitors, the studio kind that makes the sound, the or the you know that kind of stuff. Or the yeah, or the um, crank them pretty loud. Okay. And hands on the keyboard. So wait, wait, wait. No headphones? No headphones. Really? Do you think the studio speakers are better than headphones? Um, hard to say. I think they give a better representation of the sound just because the, the speaker drivers are louder. Okay. Or not louder, bigger. Mm-hmm. You know, the bigger the speaker, the more sounds it can reproduce. That makes sense, yeah. Um, I don't know how, like, maybe the one that I listened to was mastered for headphones, so maybe it didn't really matter, but they get louder anyway, so. Not the point of the podcast yep. today? Still wanted to ask you. So I went first song, and then I gave myself 30-second segments that I could write down thoughts on. So so every 30 seconds on the song, you would drop your thoughts? No. I had... So I, the, I never paused the song. Okay. I just... If, if something happened, I had a space to write it within those 30 seconds. Okay. Um, what I would have liked to do is kind of like play the song and then press the button type notes and tag it at a certain time mm. but I couldn't find anything that did that and I didn't want to make my own then might be something I do for future stuff if we keep doing this theme okay. um, but that's how I kind of did it to give myself an idea on like 
where my thoughts were jotted down without recording the exact timestamp. So when you were listening, what were you focusing on? Anything. Just anything um, in general? I know you were doing the lyrics, so I didn't listen to the lyrics. Okay. I chose I chose to listen to the vocals more as an instrument. Which I think they do a really good job of that in this album. Yeah, so I I didn't I only put down lyrics if I thought they were memorable or impactful in that moment. Otherwise, I kind of focused on the song structure, the transitions, the instruments, etc. So yeah, for those that don't know, Jordan is a guitar player. And honestly, you can play on most instruments just because you know music and that, I don't know, you're, what is it, proficient in playing music? I would say so. I can't play an instrument to save my life. When I listen to music, the things that stand out are typically the vocals and lyrics, if I can understand them. So from, like, like Jordan said, I, whenever I went through this in-depth, it's all about the lyrics. It's all about the the ideas and the themes in the album. And Jordan's going to give you all about the instruments, the music, and everything else. And that's one of the things that we like to do since we have two different, completely different minds when it comes to listening to music and give you our thoughts. Let's get in it. Let's get in it. You want to go first? Yeah, you know, this was my idea. Not, I'm not trying to take anything away from you. <laughs> but I'll go first. The first song in the album. When a Demon Defiles a Witch. This was not the first song I heard by them on this album. The first song was, I don't remember exactly which one. It was either like Doomwoods or Brimstone. One of the singles popped up on I Discover. I listened to it. I was like, wow, this is not the Whitechapel I remember. Then I put it on the album review because I was like, I want to listen to more of that. But When a Demon Defiles a Witch. So this entire album is a concept album. And it even says it on the album artwork. It says The Valley, based on true events. What kind of true events? Phil Bozeman, the vocalist of Whitechapel, he had a pretty rough childhood. Like, I mean, rough, rough. And his mom went through some shit with drug addiction, some shit with mental, what would you say, mental, not disability, maybe mental disabilities. What is schizophrenia? Disorder? Dis- mental disease? Disorders. Yes, disorder. There you go. And alcoholism, addiction. This album is basically his way of putting all the shit that he went through in his childhood out there for everyone else to listen to. And that's probably what makes this album so good. So we're going to start off with A Demon Defiles a Witch. And this is from Ben Savage, their guitarist. He says, basically, Phil... Phil's mom would see a demon outside or by her fireside, and she knew that if she saw those demons, then it would be by her bedside later that night. Freaky. She would write these journals that were, she would write in all these things that would happen in these journals, and crazy enough, Ben, or not Ben, sorry, that's the guitarist, Phil, this is his mom we're talking about, he has that journal, and he has excerpts of that journal in this album. Some of the lyrics come directly from his mom's journal through these events. So this is real shit. Um, but Ben Savage, this is him talking. She would write in these journals, which were pretty cryptic, and her handwriting would change every now and again. More on that later. The song title came from one of the journals where it talked about the devil raping a witch. They didn't want the word raping in their song, so they said, when a demon defiles a witch, which honestly, that's an incredible song title. It's more poetic. It's way more poetic. Um, 
they said, so we interpreted it and changed it to give a better flow. And we didn't want the word wet graping, so we changed that title. Um, and then this is more from Ben. The whole thing was a slow evolution that Phil has only recently, like he's been, he would talk about his past, but only recently has been really opening up more to it and putting into the music. Um, so yeah, this song is just, it's very dark, but it's extremely good. And I think it encompasses everything that the album has in that one song. Um, my favorite lyrics from this one song are the demons dance by the fireside, but tonight they migrate to my bedside, just from her journal. And that's the excerpt from that. Um, I'll go into a little more after you talk about the music of this song on to like the whole story of his mother. But uh, go ahead. When a demon defiles a witch, what was that like for you? All right. So I immediately, the intro was calm, soothing, kind of let me, you know, Whitechapel's a metal band. I come in with a certain expectation that it's going to hit hard. So my guard's up. I'm ready for an attack. And it's not there. It's kind of like this ambient chill. You're like, okay. You let your guard down, and all of a sudden it's like, bam, it's in your face. It's heavy. The guitars are only what I can describe as muddy. Mm-hmm. Um, and you're like, okay, what's going on here? This isn't this isn't chill anymore. Um, and then literally what I would imagine Satan's voice to sound like comes across your speakers and the vocals in this are insane they're so deep you could use them as a bass guitar um a a theme that runs throughout this album is the drums are just nuts the dude will blast beat like it's nothing the dude will fill throw in some drum fills like it's nothing he'll play a nice little background beat like it's nothing this drummer I don't know your name props to you um, the guitar riff has the same kind of progression as the clean intro, but it's changing around a bit. It's changing where the root notes are. Um, and something else that comes back a lot is kind of like this background lo-fi guitar that's playing very dissonant notes as kind of like this backing part. Um, I felt like the chorus was awesome with the um, insane vocal quality mixed with a monstrous bass drum from the drummer. I thought that was really cool because you got like the vocals on over here and then the vocals will stop for a second and you just hear so cool. Um, something that I liked is the first chorus short. Mm-hmm. Then I said spoiler, the second and third choruses are longer extended versions, which I think is so cool. Um, and the second part of the chorus is I would say wider than the first half. I don't know, it's just everything's taking a step back and it's not as fast as in your face. Um, And then after the second chorus, we get singing in a Whitechapel song. Yes, which is crazy because those that know Whitechapel, they're like death metal. And on their previous album, To the Valley, I'm sorry, I do not know the name of it. As we said, we don't really listen to Whitechapel besides this album. They incorporated a little bit of like clean vocals. This album, they really pushed it to the next limit. And my goodness, it is so good. Yeah. His screams are great. His scenes are on par. They're so good. Um, 
And then, you know, it goes back to the, the song. And then you kind of get this interlude that kind of feels like it's building up to something. And it's this insane solo. It's full of wah pedal, dissonant notes, just like little wankeries everywhere. Fits in perfectly with the tone of the song. Um, then you get back to the chorus, and then you get the ending, which is just a little reprise of the beginning riff with a little extra flavor added in. Um, or maybe it was just because there was less happening that you could hear it. Maybe it was there all the time, but the ending felt different than the beginning. And that is how you open an album. It prefaced the rest of the album's tones and everything that happened. This is how you do it. Oh, for sure. As an album opener, this is a 10 out of 10. It encompasses music, like instrumentally, musically, whatever you want to call it. Everything that the album is going to showcase is in this one song, sprinkled throughout. Thematically, it is one of the most driving songs. Like they, The music video is so dark, and if you haven't checked out the music video, please do, unless if you don't like spooky or dark or anything like that, you might not want to, but it's intense. One thing I wish I would have mentioned before I started talking, but I always get ahead of myself, a little backstory on Phil and his mom, just because it'll be probably a little easier to understand what we're talking about, at least for me, lyrically. So, I, funny enough, I found a YouTube video where Phil Bozeman was playing Call of Duty and gave a little backstory on his life from like seven years ago. Couldn't believe I found it. And he said that he grew up normally with a mom and a dad, just like most people. And when he was younger, I wanted, I, he didn't give an exact age, he would give years, I think he was around like 10 years old. His dad um, had heart failure and just collapsed one day. That's extremely sad. I've had someone in my family that same thing has happened to. And so at a young age, he lost his father. He said about a year after that, his mother started dating or married, I don't, he didn't go into too much detail, but found another guy who would be referred to as his stepfather. And his stepfather was wheelchair bound due to some accident that he had. And he said that for six months, his stepfather was great. They all, like everyone got along. He had, he had like three sisters, they were all older. He had a brother. And about after those six months, he said things started to like turn. And throughout this album, The Valley, is him talking about a myriad of things, including the abuse that his stepfather did to Phil, his siblings, and his mother, to his mother's drug addiction to crack cocaine. After, once, he, once she met his stepfather, he got her addicted to crack cocaine. Eventually, leading to his mom's overdose when Phil was young. I don't know exactly. I'm going to say around 13 at age. And basically, the years between his father's death and his mother's death were some of the hardest years of his life filled with abuse, filled with his mom being on crack cocaine often, and abuse from his stepfather and this album is basically his story of all of that so it's very dark and it's very real and it's, it's intense so fortunately for him after his um, mother passed away that's weird to say fortunately after that he was able to get away from his stepfather he moved in with his grandparents and became the man who he is today that's his own words from the video so going back to When a Demon Defiles a Witch the first song um he, Phil Bozeman, right before the album came out, on Instagram Live, went and told the stories of the, all the singles that were released for the album. This was one of them. 
and he explains that the demon mentioned in the title is not referring to his stepfather, which he does refer to a lot within the album, but instead to a personal demon named Mycar that Phil's mother wrote about in her journal. She suffered from a ton of mental issues, including schizophrenia. Um, she had mul- multiple personalities. What's that called again? Like, uh, Isn't it just called multiple personalities? Yeah, I think there might be another word, but either way. Um, she was diagnosed with having 34 wow. different personalities, um, which would appear in her personal journal that she kept, where, where I said the handwriting would change from time to time. Ben Savage said that. That's due to having multiple personalities. That's, a, that's something that happens with that. Um, this song specifically, When a Demon Defiles a Witch, references the demon Mycar. Um, Phil read excerpts from his mother's journal focusing on lines where his, the demon named Mycar would sexually assault her in bed, taking the physical form of Phil's real father. Now that's dark. Yeah. So th- no wonder this song is so dark. Is just that's what his mother was writing about. He took those excerpts. It's crazy. Um, she said in the journals, it takes a it takes on Gary, that was his father's name, Gary's bluish gray body, a real physical body, a dead body raping her, a devil raping a witch. That's intense. Um, then it says that the incubus, I don't know what that word means, but the it's incubus. A, it's a type of demon. Okay. There's like inc- incubi and succubi. It, no ma- it, uh, it happens no matter where I sleep in this bed, in my place, in his place, it still happens. Thrash from side to side, yet it still happens. It hurts so bad again and again. And then the, this line, this was from her journal, and then this line is in the song. Burn the bed, yes, burn everything, liar. That was straight from the journal into the song. Honestly, this song alone, I could go on forever because it's just so dark and intense. Um, it seems to be, I can't, I can't quite tell if it's Phil saying the words, there's nowhere left to run, there's nowhere left for me to be without you by my side losing his mother, or it could be Phil's mother losing his father. Either way, very, very, very sad song. And like I said, it encompasses the rest of this album. As we go through, each song is going to be basically just as dark, and it's going to be about the abuse that his stepfather put on him and his mother. It's going to be about her multiple personalities and her schizophrenia and how that affected her throughout the life. So, Forgiveness is Weakness, song two. I'll let you take this one first. This one starts off heavy as heck. Mm-hmm. Just in, the, in your face immediately. Um, I thought the transition from... Wad Daw was, you know, great. Wad Daw is just when a demon defiles a witch's letters, and you say, "Isn't there a word for like when you when you have an acronym, but you pronounce the acronym as a word instead of sounding it out?" There probably is. Like, I have no it, like, idea what it would be called. Like NASA instead of NASA. Right. But you have FBI, not FBI. Yes, exactly. Good, good points. I have no idea what you would call it. Um, but yeah, so we're back with money vocals and money guitar, which is everywhere throughout this album. Normally, I would say muddy is a bad thing. Not here. It slaps. Um, they they come back and play play the intro riff again, but he changes vocal styles for one of the first times, and he does high screams, 
which are sick. Dude, all of his screams are sick. But yes, that just dramatic the, change. Yeah, just changing the vocals make give the riff a whole new life. Um, and then they did an, uh, another variation of their intro riff where it was kind of less guitar heavy and more chuggy and headbangy. And this was the first time in the album where you could groove and understand what was happening. Because normally you were just like vibing, but everything was hitting you hard. This, you had some time to breathe and think about what was happening while grooving. Um, and then um, about halfway through the song, they give kind of a little nice interlude to kind of collect your thoughts, be like, wow, I just got went this barrage again, let me time to breathe. Um, and then back to this hard-hitting intro, this song didn't really have a lot of different themes. It's just a variation of the same idea the entire time. But I felt like the ending to the song was a little abrupt. Didn't see the ending coming when it did. Okay. Um, which I think is okay, because you should not be able to expect everything that happens in a song. Um, but, you know, from the instrument side, this really didn't bring anything new to the album's tool set. It just used what the album had in awesome ways. Another excellent song. I mean, let's be real here. Every song on this album is an excellent song. Yeah. For, for me personally. Lyrically, this song is not one of the most dense, but definitely has a very strong... This song is... And the theme that this song has is throughout the entire album. Forgiveness is weakness. When you think... When you hear that, it's like... Don't you mean when you... Isn't it that wrong? Usually... It's strong to forgive somebody, even if it's very tough. But for Phil, he blames his his stepdad for his mother's overdose. And I don't blame him. I mean, she was not addicted to crack cocaine until she was with this man. The abuse, all of that. For him, this song, and it comes out literally right away, in the very first lines. He is finally dead. He, referring to his stepdad, come celebrate this day. It was slow and full of pain. Good riddance. Wow. He's glad his stepdad is dead. Continuing with this chorus that starts the song. I hope you're born again so I can have my turn. To beat you and cut you, put my curse upon you. To pass you down to my bloodline's youth. Admit it all you want, the truth shall never set you free. He had hatred for his stepfather. He wanted him dead, and he's saying that. There's a lot of other lyrics in this song, but for him, forgiveness is weakness because he could never forgive his stepfather for what he did. And basically, this is his way of saying that. This yeah. is his way of putting it out there. Um, the whole song is about the abuse the stepfather did. And that that's basically what the song encompasses, is the fact that he will never forgive his stepfather, he would be weak if he did, and he just put in the lyrics everything. He says, forgiveness is useless. It is just another form of weakness. This is for my family. Let us have this moment. He's celebrating the death of his stepfather. I don't blame him, though. I mean, I might not, I, sh might, I sh probably shouldn't say that. Either way. It's dark. It is dark. And it is, it, it enhances this album. Let me tell you. That's all I've got for this song. I'll move on to Brimstone. This was another one of the singles. Um, oh, wait, 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 hold on. 
No, yeah, 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 yeah. So this is from another one of the singles where on Instagram Live, Bill actually talked himself. He explained that this song is about a vivid dream he had when he was a young teenager about killing his stepfather. So he had the thoughts of killing his stepfather from a young, young age. That's intense. Yeah. I don't know about you. I've never thought about killing my stepfather. Um, so it says who he blames for his mother's death from overdose. He also stated that the death of his stepfather was the only time he ever felt relieved by someone's death. Some lyrics that I want to point out are, How dare you sleep where a king once slept? And basically saying, How dare his stepfather sleep where his dad once did? And dry the tears where his queen has wept, his mother. Kill, torture, terrorize, welcome to my mind. And those three words kill torture terrorize are basically everything in this song kill torture terrorize welcome to my mind that is phil basically saying this is what i've been thinking my whole life about you that is dark um another wait am i still on the yeah i'm on the right song another lyric that my only worry in the world is that you can't walk on your own two feet remember his stepfather Mm -hmm. was paralyzed when you feel that last breath slip away, I won't get to see you fall down to your knees. Yikes. Right? Like, this album is good when you listen to it musically, but once you dive into it, it gets, I mean, this could be jarring for some people to hear, but this gets really good because this is like the most personal, intense moments of someone's life out there on a plate. And yeah. I commend him for that because not everybody's able to do that and he has not only put it out there, he's put it out there in a very artistic way. It's incredible. What about the music? What's the music of Brimstone to you? So the intro is very swank and groove. It's like a... Um, how do I say this? It's not in-your-face, heavy, hard-hitting, fast. This is kind of like a slow buildup. Um, there's a lot of space in between the notes. The notes are held out for much longer than elsewhere in the album. Normally, it's fast, so the notes don't get a lot of time. They get a lot of time to breathe in this. And I think it's a much welcome change, in, in, like, sonically. Um, Kill, Torture, Terrorize, powerful in the song. Yes. The vocals, him saying that, felt like the crowning moment of the song. Yes. Like, sonically, not even lyrically. Um, but funny enough, I heard guilt torture terrorize. <laughs> so. No, it is killed. Yeah, I did. <laughs> Again, I didn't, I didn't look at the lyrics. I wrote down what I heard. Um, this song kind of felt a little mushugim to me. Really? Not in weird rhythmic patterns, but just in, like, the note choices and, like, the accents on the note. It felt a little mushugy, which was which kind of cool. Um, they later on in the song get like a little lo-fi version where he says kill, torture, terrorize and I thought that was really cool because like those weird variants yes are so oh. good Ugh. Um, and then towards the ending there's like this outro guitar not really solo but just sounded like Pantera Ooh. there's like it's full of high-pitched squeals like a lot of wah and like whammy bar I don't know this song felt like it had a lot of outside influences that Whitechapel molded into the valley sound. Damn, I can agree, yeah. 
Let's move on to Hickory Creek then. Are you done with the Brimstone? Yeah, Brimstone's done. It was uh, kind of a short song. It is a short song, but it's a like a, it's an intense song for sure. Kill Torture Terrorize. Let's have you move on to Hickory Creek. What this is a completely sonic change because you have the first three songs are all melodic death metal, and all of a sudden you have Hickory Creek, which is I don't know, soft. The first thirty seconds reminded me of Texas for some reason. Texas. Texas. Let me preface this by saying this is the first and only song that is completely clean singing by Whitechapel. And it's one of my favorites. The intro reminded me of Texas. <laughs> I don't know why. why. Okay. Um, it just, I don't know. Like, if, if I just rolled up in Texas and opened my car door. This is what you're going to hear. Maybe this is what Texas sounds like. I would love to go Maybe to they Texas. Maybe they just took a microphone and just put it outside their car in Texas, and this is just the background noise. <laughs> Um, obviously, like Logan said, it's much slower than other songs. However, I felt like the vocalist here, the song was lacking until he started singing. His singing filled in a gap in the sound that made it all sound cohesive. Like it was, it was good, but it was missing something until the vocals came in. Um, I just wrote down a little lyric snippet that I thought was cool to say with me. Let's hear it. Uh, I might be, have the wrong lyrics like I did before, but I said, now um, now that you don't have eyes, maybe now you'll realize. Is that even in the song? Uh, I'm looking for it. Yeah, no, that's it. Now that you don't have eyes, maybe now you'll realize. And I just thought that no eyes and real eyes but like real eyes like not fake that's funny that's funny is because it? Uh, the whole eyes theme is even it, it, it's the whole song ah. and I'll go more into that ah, okay so I picked up on something good um and in this song it kind of solidified a theme that it was brewing for me but I couldn't place it and that's these guys transition so good mm -hmm. a lot of the times you don't even know you're transitioning sonically until it's happened you're like whoa we're slow now it's kind of like the, the analogy that I would use is when you're in a car and when you brake, you slowly brake and then eventually you're just not moving. And that's kind of what this is. It's a sl it's, the transition is so well done that you don't know you've transitioned until you've stopped. Whereas a lot of other times it's you go from like 100 miles an hour fast, dead cut soft. Yeah. That's not what these guys do. Mm. Funny that you say that though because Brimstone, song three, then you have Hickory Creek, which is the one we talked about in song four, and then you have Black Bear, song five. Brimstone and Black Bear are some of the heavier songs on the album, and you put this soft song right between them. So they do have that break. If you want to think about it, it's songly, but not flow of time. Right. Yes, exactly. Um, and then at the end, there was like a little scream overtone mm -hmm. that blended with the singing, and I thought that was so nice. The, the duality of him singing and then him screaming, but the singing was the most powerful part. Gave some nice texture to the song. Um, for being a soft song on a heavy album, this is still one of the standout tracks for me. It really is, surprisingly. And the singing is the, I guess, like the focal point of this song. You can forget the instruments, even though they're great, and everything else. It's all about the singing. Like, um, did you, like the guitar solo, did that stand out to you at all within the song? Um, it's not that it didn't, it didn't stand out, but it wasn't, it didn't bring anything unexpected. It felt like it belonged. It definitely belonged. Whereas like, 
Um, some of the other solos were kind of like, whoa, this is fast and dissonant and weird. This belonged, and I didn't have anything to say because it, it, it was exactly what it needed to be. Fair enough. So this song was a little harder for me to analyze, even, even though it's all singing, like you would think it would be easier. I couldn't grasp the exact what he was going for. Um, I'm going to just read some lyrics and then kind of talk about what I think they mean. So it starts off, it's so hard to let go. You can hear me, but I'm invisible. But if you dig out your eyes, maybe pain will subside. The worst that could happen is you never see me again, but the worst is yet to come, my friend. This is all about visual, like eyes, and seeing. I can't say anything for certain. Do not take my words for gospel, but I believe that maybe his mother went blind before she died. That's a thought. It just sounds like that in his lyrics. And whether it's blind like physically, like she couldn't see anymore, or maybe blind mentally, maybe she was too addicted to too much with everything else going on that she didn't see what was going on around her. You then have verse two, which you had talked about. I left so long ago, and maybe he didn't leave before she died, so maybe he was like mentally gone before she died. You never noticed I was gone. She didn't notice his change of, you know, personality. Now that you don't have eyes, maybe now you'll realize. That's why I think she went blind. Within your own head, you're creating these lies, talking about all of her personalities. Like, that's definitely what, like, when you have multiple personalities, I, I can't say anything for certain. I do not have that disorder, and I do not know anybody personally that has that disorder. But that has to be tough. There has to be a lot going on that you think is happening that isn't truly happening. And then my favorite line on the song, for what it's worth, you're still beautiful, but beauty lies within the eyes. And that's a double entendre because beauty lies as in it's not true within the eyes and beauty lies within the eyes as in it's within your eyes. Yeah. So Dude, freaking poetic. The eye wordplay in this song is top notch. Incredible. And this is my favorite song on the album. Just, oh, it's so well done. Thematically, lyrically, sonically, every part of it is so good. And basically all the words I just said to you, just those are all of the words in the song. Some of them are repeated, repeated, re- repeated. That's the word I was looking for, not repeated. Great word, Rep- Repeated. Repeated. <laughs> <laughs> you want to keep it rolling with Black Bear? Yeah, we'll move on. So song five comes in, Black Bear. Um, this was another single that Phil went on Instagram Live, and, and I love the fact that he did this. Yes. Giving an inside look on songs is some of my favorite things. If you don't know, Silent or Garrett from Silent Planet does this as well on YouTube. He'll go in and tell you the meaning behind songs. I love that shit. Um, so from Instagram Live, Phil explained that the black bear is one of the most dangerous predators in the animal kingdom, especially in the area of Tennessee where he grew up. And in this way, it is a homage to his home state. That's pretty freaking cool. Yeah. So the black bear is a metaphor to his stepfather, Mm. who he saw as the apex predator in his life. Wow. Holy shit. He's doing a great job of artistically putting this in the album. 
And if you look at the, if you have the vinyl, and I don't know if it's on the CD or not, the back of the vinyl is this massive black bear covering most Ooh. of it. So that's very apparent in this album. So, like I said, his stepfather was the apex predator in his life, who he blames for his mother's overdose. Um, so, the first lines of the song is v- really good. So, Phil was a kid whenever he was going through this, probably like between 10 to 15, 10 to 13, in that range. I don't know the exact numbers. He says, with this body, he is God, and I am nothing. He's too small and too young to do anything. His father is, his stepfather is all the power. Mm-hmm. So he is God and I am nothing. Um, and because of everything that was going on and all of this pain and abuse, he, Phil wanted to die. He did not want to go through this over and over again like he did. So in the, the chorus is, As I lay me down to sleep, I pray the Lord to put me six feet deep. Put me six feet deep basically kill him mm-hmm. and those though that chorus is intense in this song and you can really hear it they do a great job of the enunciation and basically that is the song the song is the fact that his his stepfather was this predator Phil wanted to die Phil did not want to deal with this anymore and you don't have a lot of lyrics in the song you have that chorus that I just said to you, and then you have a couple verses. And basically those verses are just Phil wanting to die throughout it. Listen to the song yourself if you want more on it. It's intense, but it's a heavy and it's a good song. How'd you feel about it sonically? It opens up with some T-H-I double C thick bass tone. Like I'm talking one of the most disgusting bass tones I've ever heard. Then it hits you with two things. A stank face riff and some stank face vocals. I love some stank face yeah. anything. And like for people who listen to metal, you know stank face is just when, when something hits and you just gotta crunch your face up and like gurn, which is what it means when you crunch your face up. Gurn. You just gotta like, ooh, that's good. That's what this whole song is to me. Um, the drums are insane in this one too. Um, like really good. Um, there's a lot of callbacks to the stank riff. Um, and then I gotta say, the the ending, towards the ending, there's a, I just wrote six feet deep, ugh, mini breakdown. Cause it wasn't a full breakdown, but he says six feet deep and you got a lot of little chugging, you got some China smacking. And then they hit you with an ending riff, which is the intro riff, but heavier, which I didn't think was possible. And this, again, as I've said all throughout these songs, thematically takes what they've done, changes it throughout the song, in little variations and callbacks, and by the end you're just like, blown away. At this point, I can't see how they can do it any better. Do they, though? We'll find out. All right. We are one. Let's hear it, Jordan. We're back to the barrage of bass and drums. Um, and then the guitar work in this, um, a lot of octave work. The guitar isn't really playing a lot of different notes. They're kind of bouncing on the same note, 
letting the drums do all of the work in the intro here. Um, then I kind of feel a break, a, a buildup coming to what? I don't know, but everything in the song is building up tension. And then he goes, we are one. And then just slaps the biggest breakdown on the album. And I got to say this, at this point, I'm like, they got better. <laughs> and I didn't think it was possible. Um, so yeah, we are ones going great so far. After the breakdown, they hit you with a solo. And it's a similar guitar style and similar guitar tone to the other solos. Nothing really stood out to me, but I did notice that the solos all kind of, not that they sounded the same, but they felt like it was one guy playing the same guitar on the same tone the entire time in a similar mindset, mm -hmm. which not good, not bad, just is. Mm -hmm. It fits really well in the song. And again, vocals is going back to some high stuff here and it's so good. Um, then, we get some chuggy boys coming in with another huge chug riff right after the solo. And then we get more chugs with more China and like, I'm blown away. And then we get some ambient parts, some lo-fi distorted guitars. This is kind of spooky, honestly. It's, it's, it's like a slow part, but you don't feel like you can breathe here. It's almost like you're anticipating something happening, and then they hit you with a slow slap down exit, and all your anticipation was worth it. This, I don't know if it was my favorite song, but instrumentally, I think this is the strongest contender. That's funny, because I didn't think this is my favorite song, but hearing what you say instrumentally, and then looking at lyrically, this might be one of the best songs. Mm. I need to rethink it. Happy with this New Year breakdown. So, we are one. What does that mean anything to you thinking of it? Thinking of the, what we've talked about in this album so far. What do you think that means? You, you don't know? You don't know? This song is basically all about her split personalities. Okay. We are one. Makes sense. Yeah, 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 yeah. So, I do know that this song has excerpts from her journal. I don't know exactly where they are, but I have a feeling. Mm -hmm. The chorus is one of the most intense parts. It says, and I believe this could be like based off an excerpt from her uh, journal. However, I'm a murderer, but I could be a savior and someone's mother. I have it all. I'm a saint, a sinner, and a child, but we all, but we all still look the same. That's powerful. That's pretty t intense. That's all of her personalities right there. Is she truly a murderer, though? I don't know. I don't think I don't. I don't know if she ever murdered anybody. Um, and then verse two is another powerful lyric. He's trying to help us. I believe that the he is the stepfather. Maybe the fact that he's giving her crack cocaine. Maybe I don't know what else. But it says, he's just trying to help us. Maybe we should listen. Shut your mouth. You don't know what's best for us or anything. What will you say the moment we all come together? Tell him all the lies or speak the truth of what we are. That's intense. And just, I can't even wrap my head around all of what's going on. Error. We big goofed. Please stand by. We're, uh, we're rebooting.
All right, so we're back. Sorry about that. Uh, Jordan's mom and sister just came home and ruined everything. No, we just didn't want any interruptions in the cast, so we paused for a second. Yeah, the pod, the cast, the podcast, you know. I don't remember exactly where I was. You are about to talk about the course. The course. I had already talked about the course. I'm a murderer, but I could be a savior and someone's mother. Maybe you said back to the course. Back to the course. Yes, yes, yes. Um, So later in the song, you get the post-chorus, which is, Accept what we are, the longer you fight, we become more. Accept what we are, the longer you fight, we become more. Interesting. I'm guessing that's... If... Phil's mother doesn't accept the fact of the, like, if she tries to fight her uh, if she if she tries to fight her multiple personalities, it might be harder to deal with. I can't tell. Those are just the lyrics. Um, overall, this song "We Are One" is just all about that. All about Phil's mom fighting with herself and the different personalities, and that's intense. And it makes for a very intense song. So if you add that, those lyrical themes with the incredible sonic themes that you talked about this is a contender for one of the best songs in the album yeah agreed it is dense it's intense dense tense it's tense dude this album is dense tense very dense tense so we go to the next song the other side which wasn't one of my favorite songs but I think it was a really good song for Phil, um, I couldn't find anything directly relating to his mom or this or that. It just kind of felt like this song where he was like making it through the trauma he went. The other side, I the verse one straight out of the start of the song. I don't think I'll make it. I take my ego and set it to the side. Forget who I am. Reevaluate my life. Eternal doom doom is coming for me. I don't think I'll make it. Um, to me, just overall, this song sounds like him overcoming that abuse, that trauma, and just getting past it. The ending is the part that really confused me, because it says, Once in the dirt, now above the clouds. Which, I mean, that makes sense. He's higher than he used to be in his life. I am now free. I am godlike. I am reborn. The universe is at my feet. I am godlike. Godlike. I am godlike. I am godlike is what throws me off. It could just be the fact that he feels very powerful that he made it through that. And, you know, I don't blame him for feeling that way. That, that's got to be a very powerful feeling. So that to me, this song is all about just him basically saying, yo, I went through this. I made it through this. I am now at the top of the world. Props to him. Sonically, what, what, what hit you? Out the gate... It kind of felt like the the riffage was like a it felt like a a windy yet continuous river. It's kind of like not like a river where you're just floating straight the entire time, but there's tons of like wide turns and short turns, but you're never stopping. You're just like you're along for the ride and have no choice. Um, I thought the drummer had some very tasteful bells in there. Okay. Very cool. Um, but after about a minute in, there was nothing new this song added. In fact, it was the first part in the album where you could kind of tell what was going to happen next. And it felt boring. Hmm. This is the lowest part of the album for me. Really? Yes. 
the only redeeming part of this whole song is the solo. I thought the solo was really well done. And then the first time he says God like is so powerful. That is what I expect from this album. And it kind of like brought me out of the slump. This is by no means a bad song. It is just the weakest on the album for me. I think I can agree with you. I think just whole like lyrically everything, it wasn't as intense and dense as the rest of the album, but by no means was it a bad song. Still great. Just not quite up to the standards of everything else. Is that all you have for this one? Like I said, not much to say for me. It's Exactly. Yeah. Then moving on to third depth. You had mentioned this was like one of your least favorite songs, if not your no, least favorite. If I did, I was talking about the other side. Yeah. Gotcha. The third depth. I'll go on real quick to talk about this. Again, from his Instagram live, he gave an exact explanation. He explained that the title it refers to the basement of the house that he grew up in. Because the third story, the third depth was the lowest story of the house, the basement. He said he would spend a lot of time alone there while his mom would disappear for three or four days at a time. That's pretty intense. That's crazy. I couldn't imagine going through that. Explaining that this song is about the thoughts that would stir into his head as the result of his mom leaving and in reference to his hatred for his stepfather. So the song's going to get dark. And it starts out dark. Verse 1. A fantasy awaits. Like This is him, not a nightmare, but a fantasy a dark desire to watch you slip away into oblivion. You referencing his stepfather. I can't wait to see your flesh turn pale when I hear the last breath you take fail. Again, hoping for the death of his stepfather. Hops right into the chorus. Even with you dead, I still feel the pain. So his stepfather, by the time this album has come out, has passed away. Even with you dead, I still feel the pain. In my heart, things will never be the same. Now I must live out this dark fantasy. I am not the man I came to be. He always wanted his stepfather dead, and he is now, but he still doesn't have, he still feels that trauma and that abuse that he received. He then, again, moving on to the next verse. Should I feel this way? I'm not supposed to. I can't find it in me to care at all. This album is again intense everything he says is intense and a lot of it this is the second song that's literally all about the death of his stepfather all about wanting to kill or wanting his stepfather dead moving to the bridge of the song and this is one of my favorite parts of the album it's so beautiful he sings here serenity never felt so empty sanity never came back to me i'm not stable i'm not stable and he repeats that line and serenity never felt so empty so he finally had serenity with his father stepfather passing away but again it never felt so empty because it wasn't what he expected like he thought he would get closure but he didn't that sucks even with you dead i still feel the pain dude i feel bad for him because the thing that he always fantasized about finally happened and still he's left with that trauma and abuse and it really shows like what abuse and things like that can do to a person over time throughout their entire livelihood and this song i think isn't the best song in the album but because but lyrically is one of the most intense and like re it really shows like the pain that phil went through and probably puts out into all of their albums like i said 
don't listen to that much Whitechapel. This one is intense, and I can feel every ounce of pain he puts into the valley, and this song especially. And just the, the third depth song title being the basement, that is so free. Like, maybe not creative, but a really great way to like put that story out there and make it make sense. Sonically, what do you think? Right out the gate, it vibed like Hickory Creek in the beginning. Slower song. Um, and then I can only describe the guitar riffs in the, in the beginning part of the song to be bouncy. I felt like there was a lot of like, made me want to jump, I think is what I'm trying to say here. Okay. Um, and then until about halfway through the song, um, nothing really, nothing really new, nothing really bad. It's just what I would come to expect from the album at this point. Um, but then I felt like the song ended at the two minute mark. There was a, a cut, but then it kind of like fades into this slow, very clean interlude. I'm like, oh, where's this going? Very mysterious. And I'm like, okay, that was a fake out ending. Get back to the song. <laughs> that was that was so nice. Back to this whole like, you shouldn't expect where the song is going. This that was awesome. Um, I think the I'm not stable part is so powerful. Yet it's not a powerful sonic moment. True. There's not a lot going on there. Yet is, in my opinion, I don't think I've said this yet. So if I did, I'm contradicting myself. <laughs> but this is the most powerful part of the entire album. Interesting. Yeah, the vocal part and like where he sings, "I'm not stable." That hits. The repetition of it further proves that he's like. It's it adds the power. For being an in-your-face metal album for the most powerful part of the album to be the part where it's just a vocalist singing very in, a, in a very soft tone. Amazing. Um, and then they slap you into a heavy part, which I kind of think solidifies the like not stable aspect because the song started to stabilize in the soft part and then right back to heavy without any warning. Um, so I, I think thematically, the lyrics and the, and the music crossed over in the song. And um, um, I just think I'm not stable is the most powerful part. Dude, I agree. Like, yeah. I, I can hear that part anytime. Like, if I just start thinking yeah. of it, mm -hmm. that I'm not stable hits so hard. And yeah, that again, that song is just dense with emotion. Like, the whole album is, really. And that's what makes it so good. Even if the first few listens you don't truly understand how emotional this album is like you can feel it in the music but once you dive into it a little bit more like you can truly see what about lovelace how did that one hit you okay so in the earliest seconds i was getting the other side vibes okay it was kind of like here we are back to this i know what i'm expecting that didn't last very long <laughs> it was just the first part of the intro um the groove it's grooving here but it's hectic grooves. Mm -hmm. um, like, you're vibing with it, but then it's like, it's almost like as you're vibing, you're kind of unsure where the vibe is. You, you can't tell if it's like happy, angry. Am I supposed to feeling energy? Am I supposed to be giving it to the song? Is it giving it to me? You don't know. It's chaotic and hectic, but you're still vibing, so everything's good. And then um, the vocalist and the guitar, I felt like were shining moments in that riff. Whereas a lot of the times it was the guitar and the drums or just the drums, mm -hmm. 
this time it was the vocalist and the guitar. And then there's a little section where this, the vocalist says, help me. That sounded like Gojira to me. Yes, so much, so help much. Help me. Oh, dude. Okay, another very powerful part of the album. Yeah, so that sounded like Gojira with like the drummer just hitting all this random stuff and like the vocalist kind of like using that sing, mm, like yelling. Yeah, like harsh yell. Um, so I thought that was really awesome. This song, I feel like the drummer shined so much. He's all around the kit, beating stuff all over the place, like ding, ding, boop, 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 all this kind of stuff. And then the second part of the verse where he starts it off with "Father, can you hear me?" or something like mm-hmm. this. That might be the heaviest scream on the album in my opinion maybe not the lowest in terms of like you know pitch but the heaviest okay um and then they bring a riff back but the drums kind of play a halftime feel and that completely changes how the in, the riff sounds and it's it has the same kind of like hectic vibe but now you're headbanging more to it you're, you're more sure where you should headbang because mm-hmm. the drums are in okay. halftime um and then I kind of felt like the, um, the towards the ending there was kind of like a part where it got quiet and then it faded back into something, and that was superbly done as well. The trend, like I'm, like I've been saying, the transitions are expertly crafted throughout this album. Um, nothing, nothing bad to say about Lovelace. Yeah, honestly, it's a. It's not the song whenever I think of the album that first comes to mind. Like, ooh, that's like one of the best songs, but. There's a lot going on with it. Very good. I think it's a little better sonically than it is lyrically, but lyrically, it's it's intense. It's all about his mother and his feeling towards his mother during her addiction and her her bends. So basically, with his mother becoming addicted to crack cocaine and kind of that making her not as probably not as loving towards him and not as actively there as she should have been the right off the bat he says picking at my scabs again i just want to see them bleed i am numb and dead inside bring me back to life i don't want to talk anymore close my eyes and stop my heart words only enhance the sound of what i don't care about and at this point it just sounds like he's dead inside he's done and that's already apparent in a lot of the album and the chorus is intense the first the first chorus is like kind of intense the second chorus is where it really hits the first chorus is at what moment did you realize that i meant nothing when did everything fall apart i believe that's him talking to his mother thinking that her going out getting it like going to get the next her next fix this and that was like leaving him behind so at what moment did you realize that i meant nothing that sucks to feel that would suck then you have the second chorus, which it expands the chorus. So it says, again, all you ever need is to shove that needle deep and reach your eternal sleep. At what moment did you realize that I meant nothing? When did everything fall apart? Adding that those first three lines, holy crap, that like punches you in the gut saying like, this is your fault. Like, why did that take precedence over your life than me, your own son? And that is intense and you saying that the the needle deep part Mm -hmm. that moment of the song the instruments and the the vocals are kind of punchy Mm -hmm. and i get like the visual i get when you just say that it's just like 
somebody stabbing Punching himself. Punching a needle in? And the, so, again, well done. They do a great job of visualizing everything, even though music is, there's no visuals, but if you add the music with lyrics, you can see what he's feeling. The post-chorus is pretty intense. It's truly like a cry for help. Help me, I'm begging, I'm pleading, I need you now. Help me, running away won't get you found because like she would go away for days at a time. Help me. Then this one, flesh and blood runs deeper than this. Basically saying we're family, like you should be here for me, not for everything else. Verse two is where you already talked about. This is where they, the epitome of the song, it really hits. Father, can you hear me? He's calling out to his dead father at this point. I'm trapped inside a nightmare. Wake me up or put me in the ground. Mother, can you see me? Obviously, at this point, she's ignoring him for everything else going on. I need you to be here. Running away will never get you found. This entire song is a cry out to his mom, to his dad, basically saying, like, to his dad, like, can you help me? Even though he wasn't around spiritually, like, spiritually, can you help me? To his mother, like, why are you doing this to me? That's intense. Add it to the the sonic sound that comes with the music. Holy shit, this song is, not thinking about it now, a little bit higher up on what I originally thought. And that's how every song has been so far. Like, putting two and two together lyrically with the music just enhances everything. I will say, I remember from my first, when we did this in the album review, um, Lovelace <clears throat> was the song that I remembered most hmm. coming into re-listening to this. Really? Yeah. And I think it's just because the Father, Can You Hear Me verse, everything just rips so hard there that there was that was just like... First time around, not really thinking about it, just listening to it to listen mm-hmm. was the most powerful moment. But as we just said, not how I feel anymore. Yeah. I mean, every song is intense. And that song sonically is good because you can really feel those powerful, punchy moments. Like, he really, they really highlighted certain aspects of that song. The Father, Can You Hear Me? And The Needle. That's cool. I mean, that's not cool, but that's really cool to put into music and make it feel that way i'll move on to the last song this is doom woods if you haven't seen it already they just put out a music video for it it's really cool it's just like this red and black music video flying through this woods and a bunch of occult things going on at the same time it's really visually awesome to see i don't know if it truly adds to the song or not but um this was a little bit harder for me to to grasp lyrically than some of the other ones. Um, so for me, this kind of goes off of Lovelace. The dark life that he's lived is like, he's lost the light by this point. He's just completely entrapped, entrapped whatever you want to call it, in darkness. Um, he basically is crying out that without his mother, his mother, he wants to disappear into the dark, the darkness for it to bury him. He thinks that even in the light, the devil will find him because that's like what he's been put through his entire life. Um, basically, verse one: In the night they call my name. The moon is my light to a greater side of hell, but I am already there collecting my childhood nightmares. Like he can't get past what happened in his childhood. So he is living in this darkness forever. And that's, that sucks. Like, I can't imagine. The refrain says, she's gone and I want to disappear. T- 
Take me away into the trees. I dread the sun to rise. Bury me so the night will never end. And this is an insane closer to the album because it's just like everything that's happened throughout the album is his story. And this is him just going into the darkness and never coming back. That's interesting. You, I, I kind of thought like him putting all this out there, maybe like he would push through and make it to the other, like the other, the song, the other side. But it looks like by the end of it, no, he's just entrapped in this darkness, and that's he's come to terms with that. And I guess that's a powerful thing to come to terms with that, like being in that state of mind all the time. What do you think sonically though? Like lyrically, it was harder to follow, but it was intense. Sonically, what do you think? Um, so the beginning there's a lot of octaves in the guitar and a lot of vibrato which was a nice change because like most of the song is fast and this was another moment where you could really breathe and really listen to what was happening without giving too much willpower um, so as the riff the intro riff progresses it starts to change um, they add in new stuff towards the end change up some of the repetitions but really, this is all giving space to the vocalist here. Um, the at least the the intro part is just letting the vocals shine, um, and then I even said the instruments are so tasteful here. They let the vocals shine while still getting in very cool rhythms and sounds. So like they're doing cool stuff and interesting, but they're still giving all of the space to the vocals. Um, I loved the little lo-fi riff to transition to the chorus, which was just the intro riff, but a little different. And then um, the devil is alive. Is that a is that a lyric in the song? Yeah, the entire outro basically is the devil is alive repeated. There's a little part that says the devil will find you, it will find you, and like I said, that's him basically just saying like he's not gonna escape the demons. Yeah. So. Um, in the first chorus, do they say that? Because I wrote that down in the first chorus. Uh, it says, the devil I will find at uh, the okay. very end of the first chorus. Okay, so maybe I just heard it in the last chorus and thought... Anyway, that vocal moment, was I thought, was it was memorable because I wrote it down. Um, and then the song starts to speed up a little bit, but then you just ring out one note. The guitar just plays one note and lets it ring out, and you just get to like let it everything that just happened sink in. And that actually happens for a long amount of time, mm -hmm. I feel. Um, and then they bring the groove back, but like bring a little backing guitar that's really spooky kind of sounding. Um, and then towards the end, I'm just like so confused on what's happening. Like this is not the sound that I've come to expect from my chapel. And then then I, he's kept, he keeps saying like the devil is alive, mm -hmm. but it's why is it so soothing? I don't know. Did you get that vibe too? Yeah, oh, for sure. Like, like, I would expect, out of everything that just happened in this album, and the tone, that those words would not be soothing. I think it makes sense, though, because the this is, what he's talking about, The Devil is Alive, is the outro of the entire album. So you go through all of this pain, all this torment, all this abuse, and then at the end, he comes to term with, terms with everything. So it's soothing, yet he's still saying that the devil is alive, as in the fact, like, this evil does exist in the world. The devil is alive. It will find you. It's intense. It's sad. But for him, he lived it. And, like, 
he's come to terms with it. And I feel like that's why it's so soothing. That's just his way of like taking a big sigh of relief at the end of that album, yet still saying the devil's like that's such it's interesting because you would think that would be intense or dark, which it is, but at the same time for him it's like almost light and lighthearted. It's weird. Great closer. Great closer. Great album. Um Fun fact, there's a bonus track on this album called The Sea of Trees. Apparently it's only available on the vinyl, which I do own, and I did not realize until I looked at it when, after seeing this bonus track, it's called, it. the song sounds like Old Whitechapel, very thrashy, death metal, deathcore style. Not like the melodic deathcore that is this album. It's very interesting. I'm not gonna go into any more detail because I didn't like listen to it that in depth. And it's also really not part of the album. It's thematically. Not. Like it's almost like a little, little treat. Little teaser, yeah. yeah. And you can find it on the vinyl and you can also find it, I think, on the Japanese version. Other than that, it's just a bonus track. Um So after going through this, both lyrically and sonically, did this talk enhance the album for you? Is it the same as it was when you had listened to it? I'm sure this isn't the case, but or did it take it down a notch for you? Um, it definitely didn't take it down. I'm unsure if it heightened it. Um, I think I think it's a little bit of both. I think certain things became a lot better, um, but other things didn't get worse. But like, I can't understand the lyrics. So now there's this dissonance of like, I don't get what's going on anymore. Okay. When I viewed it as just. The, the vocals being an instrument and not taking anything they said at face value and then like I can understand that mm-hmm. it makes sense to me in a musical sense but when you add in these lyrics that like aren't really explained all the way or open for interpretation like how we just discussed yeah it's kind of like this era of like mystery like what is happening I don't know and that doesn't that definitely doesn't remove mm-hmm. but it gives it a new vibe for sure definitely I mean when I first heard this album, I, I knew it was something special. Like, it sounded musically very good. It was, and even just the small amount of lyrics I could understand, I was like, damn, those hit hard. Going into it and really reading through all the lyrics, it enhanced the album like intent, so much for me. Like, to you can feel that pain that he had throughout the entire album, and I don't think they'll ever write an album as good as this one. I mean, it for me, it would be very hard for them to. This is truly, like, everything that Phil has gone through and probably stuff that he has written about in the past is in here, just so heightened and so well done, so creative. This, I didn't have it as my favorite album last year. The act by Devilish Potter actually took that cake. But going back, this might actually be my favorite album last year. Just, there's so much to it. I love listening to it. I try to listen to it at least once a month, sometimes once a week. Like, it's just, it's a great album. It's one of my favorites. Yeah, definitely good. That's why we had to deep dive on it. Yeah. I'm glad we did. <laughs> Me too. I had a good time. Um, anything else you want to say about the album? If not, we're just going to do our typical closing fashions. I feel like anything I would add to it would be we've already discussed. And it's kind of already it's, it's definitely our longest one yet. So, oh for sure, but it's it's needed. Worth it, yeah. Oh, we're totally. 
So if you liked what we have talked about so far, the beautiful album by Whitechapel the Valley, and if you're on Apple Podcasts, you can leave us a five-star review. It ain't gonna hurt you. It's also, gonna... you can go buy the Valley and support our boys in Whitechapel. Dude, totally. Stream it, buy it, buy the vinyl to get that bonus Extra track. bonus song, yeah. Honestly, they deserve it. This album is absolutely phenomenal. And if you liked what we talked about, Apple Podcasts, Five star review, it helps. Man, ain't gonna do anything, ain't gonna put money in our pockets, but it's gonna help us get to more listeners. And if you hated it, leave us a five star review, but write your review in all caps and like you can be a little angry. Tell us why you hate it, but still leave a five star review. Right. Exactly, yeah. Because like, when you know when we see that five stars, we're gonna be like, <gasps> and if you really hate us, the best way to get us like, get us a little irked, a little, a little peeved. Is to not write something nice. <laughs> but if you need to just, if you just want to get in contact with us, I don't know why, but if you want to, we have a Twitter at Two Metal Fans, and then we also have an email, Two Metal Fans at gmail.com. Those are the best ways to get in contact with us. Absolute best, not a better way. And if for some reason you want us to listen to some album or some song, five star review, we will. We'll do it and we'll talk about it. Drop it in your five star review. We are contractually obligated per this episode to listen to it exactly until we may or may not revoke that in the future (laughs) but from you better use it while you have it is what I'm saying words of wisdom right there my friends but as most of you know new people might not we have some Spotify playlists that I love listening to one is called the two metal fans podcast hot takes which is a playlist of songs that either are not metal or maybe are not as well-known metal songs that we think you should listen to. And then we have the Two Metal Fans podcast, Metal Great, which exactly what it sounds like. Great metal songs, like epics, Hall of Fame-worthy metal songs. Jordan, do you have a hot take in Metal Great for us this week? I sure do, brother. Metal Great. It's a song called Contaminate Me. By the band Leprous. Features vocals by a guy named Ishan, which is the vocalist for Emperor. Never heard of him. Also related to the vocalist of Leprous. Interesting. Also in a solo band by the name Ishan, which is his name. I don't know if I'm saying that right. I apologize if I'm not. This song is very repetitive, but it is heavy. It's disgusting. It's headbanging. It's like eight plus minutes long this is by all means an epic I love it if I need to get amped this is my song alright hitting it over to the hot takes this one's not on Spotify so we're not going to add it to the playlist but I like it so much that I'm just going to say it anyway you should just go check it out on YouTube it's the song's name is Passion Flower and it's by a guy named John Gom. he's a one dude He's one dude. Just himself. A one dude. A one dude. He plays acoustic guitar in the style where you like slap it to get some percussive notes. But he's playing with two hands, like tapping his guitar, slapping his guitar. He's changing his tuning while he's playing and singing all at the same time. Can confirm. It's, and it's just a really emotional song. It was funky. I liked it. It was good. What about you? Metal great. I mean, we just talked about one of the greatest metal albums of all time, so it wouldn't be a good metal great without a song from the Valley. 
When a Demon Defiles a Witch, although it might not be everyone's favorite song on the album, is probably the song that gives you everything on the album within one song. Thematically, yeah, for sure. sonically, that's that's going on the metal greats. It's truly a great song. For the hot take, there's a band, not metal, I would say like punk, pop punk, punk rock, something like that, called Dragged Under. Don't know too much about them. This is their first album. I think they're a super group. Hmm. Could be wrong. I don't know too. I'm not too in tune with that pop punk, punk rock world. The song Chelsea on the... Oh, I don't know the name of the album. You're slacking. I am slacking. Come on, you got this. <laughs> the World is in Your Way is the album. The song is Chelsea. The band is Dragged Under. Very fun pop punk song. I think it's it's super fun to listen to. Um, definitely a hot take for us. Awesome. Awesome indeed. So for those listening, thank you so much. We appreciate it. I don't know how long we've been going, but it's probably been really long. Thank you. You are awesome. Jordan, you are awesome. Logan, you're awesome. And next week, we will talk to you guys again. But for now, peace out.